Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right, baby, we are back, back in the saddle, Z. We've been having a very interesting conversation. We're going to have a good time. We've got Stan Shaw, one of your dear friends in the studio. we got Caitlin, and we've been struggling to find a topic. So we've been talking behind the scenes. We covered Justin Bieber. We covered Lizzo and her line of lingerie. We talked about fat gay men assaulting patrons who are going to ATMs in New York. And so we're going through all this, and finally we settled on, what do we call it, Z? We called it uh, faux intimacy. I believe that's the topic for today. Yeah, yeah, faux intimacy. And the idea behind this is that we're in this weird state where people are seeking immediate gratification. So we're looking for something that we think is exciting. Maybe we think it's a substitute for intimacy, but it's really just that quick hit of dopamine. It's that, that hit that we get, that high from running to the next thing, from trying something new and going from one activity to the next without really achieving anything. It's sitting at home, and instead of just being quiet and peaceful and content in the presence of family, it's flipping through the cell phone. So you could be sitting next to your domestic partner, and even though you're two feet away, you might as well be 20,000 miles away because you're not present. You're not actually there. You're just consumed with whatever the latest celebrity gossip is or checking up on email or scrolling through an Instagram feed. And it's a really weird time. I mean, we've talked about how society has kind of spiraled out of control. Of course, there are mental health issues. Uh, there are mass shootings, which we also talked about. That was another topic we, we covered before we got started, decided to, to can that one for the time being. But there are all these signs of dysfunction in society, and a lot of it comes down to mental health. And a lot of the mental health issues come either to a state of mind or it comes from habits and it comes from the devices that we use. The fact that we've just gotten into the habit of looking for that next hit, that next high, and it becomes very difficult to just be still. I remember, Z, you said something once, which I thought was very interesting, that the mark of intelligence is whether you can sit still. Can you just sit still? Can you sit still and do nothing and be at peace? How long can you do that for? If you can do it, if you can meditate, if you can get yourself into a state where all of the thoughts and the emotions drain, and you can actually observe the impulses disappearing, uh, because there's almost a physical pull on our psyche at all times. There's a sense that I have to be doing something else, I need to be checking something else. There's actually a physical urge that we feel these days when we're bored or we're distracted, our hand is reaching for that cell phone. So it's kind of a, a phantom reach, even if the the phone isn't anywhere near us. We feel ourselves reaching for that phone just to occupy the time, occupy the mind. But if we spend some time sitting and being still, we can feel all of that dissipating. I always think of it like one of those snow globes where you shake it up and you've got this snow that's going through the scene and you give it enough time and that snow settles and you get that clarity. You can see what's actually going on. And when I do this, often it, it, it takes some time. You know, if I sit down and I meditate, I live in a city which is very busy, where there's always something happening, where I'm plugged into devices more than, than I would like to be, and I'm doing a lot more social media than I used to, and I can feel that pull. So sometimes it might take me a few minutes just to settle down. But once I get to that point of being calm, 
I'm open, I'm clear, I'm connected, I'm ready to just enjoy life, to, to be with whatever is happening. And it, it's a much better feeling. It's a much better place to be. It's a much more fulfilling kind of a life. That is where intimacy blossoms. That's when we can open ourselves to other people. We can just enjoy their presence. We can share ideas. We can, we can share just, just touching someone, holding their hand, putting your arm around them, looking into their eyes, discussing whatever happened during the day, whatever difficulties we're going through, whatever funny moments we had. But to do that, you have to actually be there. And it's not just physically being there, it's being mentally present. And it's somehow getting out of that state where we're always looking for that next thing. So I would say, Z, today's topic is how do we move from that fake intimacy, which is really code for I need that next hit, of digital cocaine. I need something to keep the mind going, keep the wheels turning to a place where we are calm, we are settled, and we have the capacity to connect with someone else. Because even though it, it might take some work to get to that point, that ends up being a much more fulfilling interaction. Those are just some thoughts to open us up, but take us away. What's on your mind, Z? Well, definitely this struggle for, for closeness and intimacy. And today is a a good day to talk about it for a few reasons. Keeping up with everything in, 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 in contemporary media streams as we're building our Dharma Media project and then talking to our, 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 our dispassionate observer, Dharma Media uh, opt-outs out here that really enjoy our podcast. So I want to bring everybody in around the fire. And in doing that, um, you know, my, my dear friend Stan is here. I'm so glad he came and showed up today. And just real quick, uh, and Stan, you tell me to shut up anytime. Um, I've known Stan longer than I've known Stan. And what I mean by that is uh, years ago I had a, I, I worked with a, a great martial arts teacher, a great martial artist. And he said, we would go places and he would say, hey, let's go to this movie. My friend Stan Shaw's in the movie. A guy I know from, from back in Chicago, I guess, Stan, right? He's, he, we're in the, he's in this movie. And then he would, it was a big deal. He would go, that's, I, that, I know him. We hang out together, you know, and that's when not too many people knew movie stars, right? If you live in L.A., everybody, every other person works in media, so it's no big deal. I mean, Stan and I have sat down in restaurants with, with, with three or four Oscar winners, you know, asking us for advice on backache or something, right? So L.A. is that kind of place, but if you don't live in L.A., it could seem a big deal. So I used to hear about you. Then I, you know, I saw one of my favorite movies, The Boys and Company. See, that's my friend Stan Shaw. So fast forward many years, I moved to L.A. I'm working out at Gold's Gym. And lo and behold, I see a guy. Uh, and you were in a chair then. I think his knee was in a big brace. And just, yeah, I was in the leg press chair. Yeah, you were in leg press. But his leg was, was all beat up and everything. And my over, knee. Yeah, your knee. And I said, oh, I walked over and hey, do you know Tayari Cassell? That's what I said. I think that's the first. He said, yeah. Stan's face lit up. And we just started talking about martial arts. He had some issues uh, at the time with an injury. And I said, what's going on? He talked to me about it. And I said, hey, come on my place. We can work on it. We start working together, right, Stan? Yeah, no, you said you're doing the wrong exercise for, that, for the knee. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then we, we started working out together. And we just hung out. And we had... Just crazy, beautiful adventures together. Uh, got to know each other. There's many times that in certain low times in my life, he's really supported me, and I hope I did the same for him. 
And, and we've just been that way. And whenever we talk, it's like I've known him all my life. And um, we share a lot of like views, uh, watch the kids grow up, all kinds of things together. So he's here today. So we got family in the house, everybody. And when we talk about this, what I say, this faux intimacy, which this cyber intimacy, this kind of uh, robo love that we get from our technology, it is harming us in, in, in a lot of ways. And for the people opting out, I'm going to offer a, a remedy even before I tell you the disease. You got to put down the phone. You must put down the phone at a certain time of the day, whether you're alone or whether or not. It is robbing us of the thing that makes us human. There is nothing greater than the love that you have. Our lives are shorter than you think. Millions and millions of people pass out of this world every day. You never know when it's going to be your turn. There are accidents. There are acts of crime. There are environmental challenges that are taking the lives of people. Then the natural course of life is, is, leads us to death either timely or untimely, but either way it comes. And what you don't want to do is reflect upon that moment when you lose a loved one or even yourself or passing into eternity. And you look and you, you, what they say, screen time. You have more screen time than holding hands time. And we're seeing it everywhere in intimate relationships. Everywhere. None of us have not been stung. It's worse than COVID. Everybody has either touched COVID or got near it. But this thing is killing the soul of what makes us want to be here, which is the people we love. So you see over and over that the phone, the algorithms of the phone, this and, and, and the Zuckerberg mechanism of just drawing you in and drawing you in and drawing you in, and it gives it appeals to one chemical in the brain known as dopamine. You get a rush from confirmation news. Um, People develop fantasies about the people on the other end that's disconnected from the actual uh, blood, sweat, and tears of real human relationships. And we are designed that way over the millions of years of human evolution. We benefit from the company of one another. When uh, we're dinosaurs, so Stan and I are dinosaurs, so when we speak about relationship, we talk about men and women. I know, Vin, you guys talk about a lot of other stuff, but we talk about men and women. Look, I'm not knocking any of you guys. It's just that we're from a different time. We're children of Sputnik, okay? We were, you know, so we like uh, the closeness of the girlfriends and wives and things like that. But now that you have this interference, there's this other person in the room. There's a robot in the room that is very appealing that tells you everything you want to hear, that constantly gives you a leak of dopamine, and it makes regular relationships seem empty and lacking, but it's not real. It, it, it doesn't give you anything back, and it's really a chemical trick on the body. So we see where the, 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 the three pillars of relationship, uh, communication, uh, intimacy, and trust are being undermined by this implement, this instrument. It is a tool in itself. It's a good tool to access information, to um, administer certain tasks or so, but that's where it ends. It has no temperature that 
offers the ardor to your heart. It actually has entropy, which is to drain life from you. It is not a device of empathy. It's a device of entropy. It drains your life. It drains your life. It gives you uh, a corrupt view of the world. We have time that we will never get back ticking away right now. So if we want to flourish in the time that we're here, if we want to be nurtured, we need empathy and the cultivation and celebration of that time together. When we're with friends, we, should, we ideally are completely present with friendships. When we're at work, we should completely be at work. When work is done, we're completely done. But when you have that phone in your hand and you've crooked your neck down, you've also cut blood flow off two hemispheres of your brain, so you're over-accessing your prefrontal cortex, which is a movie theater of the mind. There are even studies now on posture and cognitive function. When you have a crooked, slouched over spine looking at the phone, it actually affects long-term cognitive um, fluidity, which means you're more likely to get Parkinson, Alzheimer, dementia, and more and more young people are getting that. So a simple cure is to put it down. Sit with that that is difficult. Here's another part. Communication is difficult because you're not going to always get back what you want. The way we were designed is difficulty makes you stronger. We're trying to create a world where there's no hardship. Um, I was studying one of my research papers and they said that they're going to architects now and rethinking the design of buildings so that there is no chance of a person having a challenge or adversity moving through the building. No stairs, no doors that are hard to open, doors that automatically open. Yeah, nothing to overcome. Stan, nothing to overcome. Yeah. And the nature of growth is that you overcome. The nature of innovation is you find a way to do something more efficient or better. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, how can we take all challenge away, all adversity away? And we're, we're like simps, just agreeing with it. Yeah, because if you can't challenge yourself, you can't challenge life. And if you can't challenge life, there's no growth in you or development in you to overcome anything. And when you come out of the womb, everything in front of you is to overcome and to, um, to uh, define and develop that I am, which is in everyone. And everyone has forgotten that I am, which is in everyone that's connected with your own fingerprint that only you have. And the fact that you're supposed to live up to the print that's given you, everybody now bypasses that. And they look to the phone to tell them who they are instead of discovering and finding and building who you are to be a better who you are than you are. No one is doing that anymore. Everybody's taking side, side, um, um, side exits and, and, and um, shortcuts to finding who they are. And um, obstacles now have become a problem, and I don't want to think about that. So in order not to think, they open their phone and they Google. They look for, they find answers supplied by this artificial intelligence. And you get A, B, C, D, E, all the way to Z to pick out which one makes you feel like you're worthy. And you accept that whether you are or not. And everybody will go, well, I'm worthy, of course. I am worthy and worthy and, and, and I am worth this and I am worth that. And you say that enough to yourself until you believe it. Um, 
So there's no use. There's no more growing and there's no more discovery or building who you are to become who you are because it's instant now with this robot that's in your hand. And that's satisfying, satisfying to a lot of people that like to avoid truth. There is no more discovering truth because they're finding someone else's truth and hijacking them to themselves. And that makes them, you know, feel edified to themselves. Um, and that's, that's, that's sad because we as a planet are diminishing. We're not growing and developing. There's no second, third, fourth, fifth density uh, in human beings um, on this planet. This has become a prison murder planet. And uh, <laughs> it has, it yeah, has, yeah. it really has every place um, that has happened and is happening. And we're diminishing as a people. And I'm not talking about black, white or whatever. I'm talking about globally as a people, as earthlings. We're not developing. And for the first time in history, mm -hmm. statistics are showing that, yeah. that there's a decline in the population yeah. in terms of health, wellness. Uh, there's islands of innovation that, that are based on consumerism and things like that. And, and, and Stan, when you, when you say that, I mean, it, it's very, it, it's a challenging narrative in the sense that we need some resistance mm -hmm. to be stronger. You talked about a baby being born. You know, I've delivered a number of children, and, and they say that the delivering of a child is the next level before death for a woman, and that it, there's a 50-50 chance either of them will die mm -hmm. in just the birthing process. But that struggle for life makes life possible. You know, my baby, he has um, ACC, agenesis of the corpus callosum. So he has one big brain, but he fights for everything, every step, every acknowledgement. So he's starting to read and he's starting to, um, you know, a toilet on his own and stuff like that. And, and he will push you away. He will, if you try to help him, he'll push you away because there's something innate in him that says, I want to live. I want to do it on my own. Right? You see Sasa, he fights. He'll fall down and you try to pick him up. He'll push you away. And he keeps getting better and better. Then I hear the motorcycle start in the garage and I run out there and say, baby, he's figured out how to start the motor on the motor and he's going and he'll fall down. He'll get hurt and he'll just touch it and, and then grab you and just, I need you just for a minute, then leave me alone. And I, I, I studied a lot about his disorder. And there's, it's called, they call it Einstein syndrome. Einstein syndrome. Einstein syndrome. So Einstein couldn't speak till he was seven or eight years old. He was awkward and all that, but he's Einstein, damn it. And back then, there was no special coddling. He was teased. He was harangued. He was bullied. And he became motherfucking Einstein. One of the few people I put a poster of on my wall right there with Malcolm and all these other people, all these greats, Buddha and everybody. So for us who opt out, let us develop that taste for going to those uneasy places. And I found that in relationships, it's frightening because people are finding fulfillment in the robot and not in domestic life. 
and domestic life is a gift from the divine. You find somebody who wants to be with your miserable ass, whoever they are, and you two miserable asses come together and make some beautiful stuff together. You should be grateful and show gratitude and say, my unworthy self has somebody that's willing to look at me in the morning when my breath stinks and uh, whatever it is, and I'm coming out of COVID and they're here for me and we have our good days and our bad days. But you know what? You're not going to always have a lot of dopamine. You're going to go through the long, boring times. And boring is the most wonderful thing you could have. And I'll tell you why, Stan, and you could, you could bag me off of this. I know what it's like to live on the edge as a child coming through different hardships, being in this country, going through the military, being through unbelievable hardships. I crave boredom, normalcy, commonality. I crave it. So to come home and say, honey, I'm home. You understand that? We've done everything. What, what's better than that? There is none. There is nothing better than that. Because I know thrills, spills, unpredictability, mm -hmm. Death. being on the edge, mm -hmm. horror, terror, excitement, elation, depression. I don't want that. I've had it. Been there, done that. So the middle path, as all the great thinkers say, is beautiful. Right. You get home and everybody's alive. How about that? How about living in L.A.? And you get home and all your family's alive. You should have a damn siesta. It's hell in L.A. Huh? This, this is crazy. We have $7 gallon gas. People are, Which will be 10 soon. 10 soon. They're expecting 10 by the end of summer. Yeah. And nobody's making more money. So people are robbing. There's more robberies going on for sustenance. Regular people are robbing folks just for sustenance. You see? And so uh, you, we had a brief discussion about the whole gun thing. We can't give up our guns. We can't. Because it's hell on wheels right now. And, and there's no relief in sight. So if I, could, if I could navigate the zombie swarm, road rage, huh, Stan? Road rage. Every day. Every day. Oh, you, you look at the freeways. So just to get home, and we're happy to see each other. This is the most beautiful thing in the world. The most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, there's beauty and simplicity. There really is. It's Zen. That's what Zen it's it's here. And so, but because of this robot, it's hijacked our body chemistry. It's taken everything. It's taken everything. So we don't appreciate that. So we got one more thing to look at on the internet. We have one more uh textogram. We have one more uh TikTok and whatever else is the thing. And I know because since we've been doing this media project, I've been on the phone a lot more than I ever have before trying to understand it. And it sucks you in and it knows what you like. So I get like hot girls in high heels and police, uh, uh, police uh, murders, right? Where police are murdering people. That's what, that's what he like. And, and so, so the computer knows what draws my attention. A human rights atrocity and really hot girls running around with, with high heels and- Oh, the police were beating the hell out of girls in high heels, that's just me. Oh, that would pro I probably wouldn't be here with you now.
you know, if the girls were fighting and, and killing people. So they know what you like. Yeah. And they keep feeding that. God forbid you interact with another person who's also on the robot. You'd be prone to leave your family. To be and people do that. In 3D cyber world with... Uh, uh, with with uh, cookie forty five G hashtag something, and th but they don't do anything for you. That doesn't nurture you, and so we want us to just master the time. It is a tool. We should not be a tool of it. We should not be simps to the technology. And my God, the stuff is crazy, because you can always I do it. What I'm doing now. I'll show people stuff. Hey, Caitlin, did you see this? Hey, Stan, did you see this? And it's intriguing. It's fascinating. But you know what? My real life is more interesting than that. I could sit down and Stan, you could sit down. We could tell stories that more that we really stuff we really did. You remember that time we went? To, I always laugh. We went to that. Uh, what was that thing called? A pitch party with uh, Opie, Opie's little brother. And, uh, and then uh, he told us about Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Was that the fun? <laughs> yeah, we didn't know Farrah Fawcett was on crack. And so Opie, who is um, Ron Howard's brother, right? Uh, Opie's little brother. He told us about Farrah Fawcett. It was hilarious. 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 We had some good times. Good, good times. Real life things that happened. Not internet stuff. Not um, somebody told somebody that had 50 million likes. Yeah, no, people, people to people are more fascinating than dealing with a robot. I mean, it's 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 a fantasy, and and you know the guy who invented it, God bless, because uh, there are needs that are there that can help people, but it's a trap, and um, people who are unaware of traps, you know, oftentimes go for the cheese. Yeah. Once that thing snaps and you're stuck with the cheese in your mouth and you don't know how to chew, it has your ass. And reality becomes blurred. And when you have a blurred reality, your functionality ceases to exist in the way it should. And you become a kaleidoscope of, 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 of thoughts and fantasies and it, it tricks you and it holds you to, um, to where you think you should be instead of where you truly are and where you truly can develop to go. Um, people avoid life by dealing with the robot because life is a mirror when you deal with the robot. And unless you walk through the mirror, through the looking glass, you're lost. And there's nothing more sad than seeing someone who's lost, but they think they're not. And we are. We are. And, you know, this, they're talking about and the amount of the violence army. they're expecting this, this summer from different political groups. All inspired and motivated by the robot. We look at all a sharp decline in human health. Mm -hmm. All directly related to the interacting with the robot. All directly we see... The, the massive levels of misinformation we see that people are taking as fact with the inability to weigh things. We have the, mm -hmm. a the higher level of cognitive dissonance where there, there can be a fact in front of you and because it doesn't fit 
with your uh, basic belief system, you won't believe that that's presented in front of you. And that's being re reinforced by this robot, this, the, the answers to no one. And you look at the people who are programming it, and they themselves have a deficit, a social deficit, that they're almost angry at us for ever having lives that they never had. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I'm, I can only imagine what their inspirations and motivations are. And when you see them interviewed, you see the vapidness and emptiness in them. That everything that they're doing is for the greater good. The greater good of who and what. There's about to be huge food shortages on Earth. There is a toxic bubble of carbon dioxide floating around the earth that's suffocating plants, trees, and animals. This is really happening. Yeah, look at the water in Michigan. That's right. And water flows, it's not only in Michigan. That's right, and droughts everywhere else. There's no water, uh, things like that. These are real issues that, if it was for the better, betterment of humanity, the robot would say, hey, here's how you get to work on this. What about our economic situation? So almost everyone is in extraordinary credit card debt. Almost all of us are at the brink of extraordinary credit card debt. Yet the push to consume more and more is still there under the guise that it keeps business going. Mm -hmm. I'm really asking opt-outs to, to do stop buying stuff. Go to Goodwill if you need something. I'm going to go to the uh, shoe store today and buy shoe cleaning products because I have a lot of nice shoes but they tell you buy new shoes. Your instinct is to go get new shoes when your shoes are a bit worn or a bit um, uh, soiled. I'm not gonna do that, just holistically as an exercise. I'm not gonna buy more stuff and unless I need to, you know what I'm saying? But that whole get, get, buy, buy, get, get, buy, buy, and then the minute you, the minute you go to Amazon and you look up something you like and it says it's on its way, your dopamine levels go up. You know that. You're, so you're getting a hit of dope. And then when you get it, you open it. It's like, I got it. And then you need one more hit of dope. And you got to order another thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what it's doing to us. That's what it's doing to the average one of us. And the average one of us isn't enlightened enough to check it. Mm -hmm. Then it goes back to what are things that you find fulfillment in? They don't make you happy anymore. What does the hand of your partner feel like? Can you close your eyes and think about what does it feel like that somebody who wants to touch you reaches to hold your hand? Caitlin knows what it's like because Sarah and Pretty Tony are still hot for each other, you know. So they, they know what's all. They can't keep their hands off. It's just embarrassing watching them. But this is what makes life worth living. I have been near death before, and I have been there when people have died, and all that mattered at that point was they could feel the presence of their beloved, mm -hmm. their family, their friends. Yeah, and you very seldom find anybody on the verge of going to the other side asking for one more touch of their phone. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let me see who's saying what on yeah, IG. Yeah, but we probably will be seeing that <laughs> in the near future. Yeah. But um, because they have the second life or whatever, right. whatever this thing is now, some kind of virtual reality thing. Um, so for those of who are opting out and want to get the most out of our days, let us nurture and cultivate intimacy, 
intimacy with our beloved, with our friends and family. I really, uh, example, you know, my buddy Stan is here. It just feels good. You know, I was under the weather. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of family stuff going on. Lost the father-in-law. It's a lot of uh, sad stress in the house before that. And just having Stan here just lifted my spirits. Having him here, not talking to him on the phone, not textogramming uh, in, a, in a book face, none of that stuff, just here. That he's okay, that he's well. Uh, uh, 30 years of stories come right back, like a, a wave coming in. You know, you got to be like a beautiful wave. I want to work out. I want to share with him the newest thing. He's, gonna, he got, he's got this cool electric car, just all kind of things we want to catch up on. And, and that's really the thing that makes life and gives life texture. Mm -hmm. uh, him sending me Snapchats of whatever won't do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so for all of us who are opting out, let us stand back and take that dispassionate view of the world and see how we got there. But don't do it and be sad. Yeah. Let's get mad and take action and reject that. I'm going to do something as a challenge to all of you is I'm going to make sure at, at 8 o'clock at night I'm not book-facing, textogramming, none of that. If you call me late, it's because something happened. I'll answer the phone 24-7. But I won't be on it. I'll limit my hours because I'm building the Dharma Media Project so I'm learning Caitlin has me learning how the internet works, her and John and all the kids, because this is a big part of them. I'm from the first generation, Stan and I are from the first generation of people that had running water and electricity in their homes. We're from that for you. You guys are from the first generation of people that grew up with digital. Isn't That's that weird? That's interesting. And, and, and our children know, know, don't know a world without digital. Isn't that something? And the newborns will not know a world without electric cars. Yeah. They won't understand you drove with a car with gas. Right. It's, it's How did you not get burned up? Oh, it's different. That's like, they're going to be talking to us like the people that rode horses. Exactly. Horse and buggies. Right. I had a, yeah, I had an uncle who had a, had a, had a trained pachyderm, an elephant. Mm -hmm. Right. We thought that was like a big truck. That was the coolest thing in the world. It would kneel down and you'd climb up the ladder and, oh, this is cool. Shitting everywhere. You know what I mean? That's what they're going to look like. And, you know, I have hot rods and things that are just all antiquated. So this is how fast time goes by. Literally, there were people I knew that did not have running water, electricity, or anything. Or a bathroom in the house. Bathroom. Out, where they go, outhouse or outdoor toilet, whatever. And, and, and there are people that can never imagine that. So here we are. So time goes by faster than you think, folks. And the most valuable thing you have are the people you love. That is the most valuable thing you will ever have. There's that. Yeah. And that's it, right, Stan? That's right. And so let's nurture that. And then when you think about friendships, what does it take to make a friendship healthy? It's just open-heartedness, right? It's to steal intimacy, trust, communication. Then you take that and magnify that as it comes to your intimate relationships. And it transcends a lot of the noise and chatter out there. 
you deserve just who you're with. And if that's not cool, you got to work on yourself. You know, my wife and I have been going through some rough stuff. And it's a good thing that I'm older because I can sit and observe. And a lot of it has not to do with some of the issues that I used to have when I was younger. I just want her to spend more time at home. Just want us to hang out more. And she has a place where she has a lot of stuff that's important to do, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And I don't trivialize it, but to me it's just a lot of stuff. To me it's just a lot of stuff. And so as we work through that, and I'm much more patient and try to be more understanding than I was when I was maybe a younger man, uh, just life would teach you things. But I also reflect, I know so many people going through the same thing, through the same thing. A lot of people. And it, it, there, there's a common theme is it has something to do with this endless ability to be on the Internet. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts, Ben? Are you awake? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. All good. I think we're lucky, actually, when I think about it. And the reason I say that, we've seen the world without the Internet, and we've seen it with the Internet. And that means that we can tell the difference. So, Z, you've said that you're getting into social media. You're spending more time online. I'm doing the same thing as I'm trying to get my spoken word project up and running. At least we've got some baseline. So we get into this. I'll speak for myself. I'm putting stuff on Instagram, and maybe I post something, and then something pops on the feed, and I start scrolling through, and it's kind of mindless. And after a while, I check myself because I've got enough awareness to know that I'm not feeling right. Like, this ain't right. There's something wrong. You talked about how this stuff drains you. I think that's a perfect description, that it just takes your energy. It gives nothing in exchange. I mean, I, I shouldn't say nothing. Maybe at times you learn something. There is actually something relevant, but the vast majority of it is just this endless stream of inane content. There's this entire production system around it. It's like we've collectively, when I say we, it's really the technology platforms. They've co-opted all of this human potential, all this intellect, all this productivity, and transmitted, transmitted it towards creating mindless crap that's just barely interesting enough to keep people hooked. So the algorithms are smart enough where they can say, stuff doesn't have to be that interesting. There's some minimum threshold. So we're going to let people focus on that minimum threshold. And it's not really funny. It's not really that entertaining. But it's just funny enough. It's just strange enough that it'll keep you scrolling through. And your entire day goes by. As you say, see, you accomplish nothing. You're in your own little bubble. All of your biases are being reinforced. You're getting angry. Or maybe you're feeling some confirmation. And maybe that feels good in the moment. But it creates stress later on because suddenly you've got a view about the world, which is at odds with reality. And as we talked about on one of the previous podcasts, that creates problems. There's just a lot of internal stress to, to manage the cognitive dissonance when you look at the world a certain way and reality says something else. So you have that issue. You have the time that's wasted, the fact that you can't focus anymore. You just think about the mental cost of flipping your attention. I'm sure some people have quantified this. You might know this better than I have. But the act of refocusing the brain, taking your attention away from whatever you're doing, moving it to something else, and then moving it back, that by itself consumes a tremendous amount of energy. That slows us down. That makes us less efficient. Uh, so all of that fits in with your theme, Z, about how draining it is. 
But at least for you and me, we can be aware of that because we know a different life. We know what it's like not to feel that way. We know what it's like when we're feeling calm, when we're at peace, we feel like we've accomplished something, when we're spending time with people that we care about. What I find interesting is that there's this whole generation of people now who don't have that baseline because this is all they know. This is all that they've been immersed in from the day they were born, this constant connection to technology. And maybe they get something out of it that, that I'm not aware of because I'm not in that generation. But the downside is that you may feel like total crap all the time. You may go through life just as a wastrel, wasting time, wasting energy, feeling depressed, feeling disaffected, unable to connect with anyone. And you don't know any better. It's like that's your normal. That's all you know. There's almost this self-imposed limit. It's a limitation in experience that prevents you from breaking out and doing something more interesting. One thing I'm curious about when we talk about the problems with technology, we talked about dopamine. I think I've got a good idea of how the dopamine problem works. My understanding is that you trigger dopamine and that leads you to constantly seek out more of the same experiences. So it's almost like an information finding mechanism that you're sensing out the environment and you get small rewards for information. So if you understand how something works or you get some surprise, there's some uncertainty about your environment that's resolved, you get this hit of dopamine and that keeps you on the path of learning more about your environment. And back in the day, that made a lot of sense. You learn more about your environment. It's a survival mechanism. You're better prepared to deal with whatever, uh, whatever animal is going to attack you or you're able to find food if you need food. But today, of course, our brains are hacked, so we don't really need that, but that same mechanism still occurs. So you get the dopamine, and you're in this searching state, searching, searching, searching. You're wired. You're feeling good. Yeah, you know, maybe Uzi, you're, you're watching all these chicks in high heels, and you're getting fired up. And then you go, and you flip to police officers who are killing people, and you're like, God, this is outrageous. And then maybe a cop gets shot, and you celebrate. I, I don't know, but you keep on flipping through all this information, you're like, wow, this is awesome, this is awesome. But then suddenly it's three in the morning and you're like, fuck, I'm totally wired. I'm exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is spinning. I've achieved absolutely nothing. I haven't spent time with the people that I care about. And so then you're depressed and you're feeling bad about yourself. And as you said, there's no energy that's, that's exchanged back. And then eventually you come crashing down because like any other drug, you take away the dopamine and then you go to some lows and the cycle starts all over. And the only way to get away from that is to put the stuff away. So put the phone away, let your mind clear, and then you're back to this normal state. So that mechanism, I think I understand. What about the opposite of that? I mean, for people who maybe have grown up with technology, who are used to this, this cycle of just constant stimulation, what are the biomechanics of being in more of a calm state where you're present, where you're open, where you're connected to other people, where you're just flowing with life? What does that do to the brain? I mean, are there chemicals that are involved? Give us some sense of what that state is like versus that dopamine state. Yeah, Vin, there are some key chemicals in addition to dopamine. There's serotonin, there's vasopressin, oxytocin. There's um, uh, many different types of uh, uh, neuro uh, exciters, and there's also neuro neurotoxins that are released whenever we have neurosynoptic responses in our brain. Even the dopamine response can relieve um, various types of neurotoxins that only a good night's sleep clears it out. 
But if you're wired and you're exposed to blue light, you never get really good sleep. That then, of course, goes back and um, affects your cortisol levels. Once those cortisol levels are thrown off, it, it starts to really wreak havoc on your metabolism. So when I'm seeing a lot of people in that generation that, that's right under you have the asymmetric bodies, right, which is cortisolemia, a bunch of stuff. They have the, the skewed posture, the posture that doesn't have the plumb line between the, uh, the crown of the head, the shoulders, the head of the femur through the ankle, so meaning that they're slouched or bent over. One of the big challenges I have in Tai Chi class when I teach Tai Chi is getting people not to, to just bend over right away, just to flop over because the midsection of their body is not as toned, so they don't feel their middle body, so they tend to slouch over. Now there's all sorts of new research on cognitive function and posture. Why? Because of the landscape of the brain, the prefrontal cortex is in the front of your brain. So let's say you diced your head in three pieces, just to do basic, simple uh, brain architecture. You have the front of the brain that's a movie theater, your prefrontal cortex, executive function. You see things, hey, this is, you, it plays out scenarios in front of you. You're driving the car, it tells you to, there's an accident right in front of you, hit the brakes, turn right so you won't ram into that car and burn up. It tells you that right away. It overrides everything and gives you a movie. Then it sends that signal in an instant through your hippocampus, which is like the master library in your brain, right? There's this library that's constantly like trading books and stories and experiences, things you've heard, seen. So you really don't want to be in that accident because you'll either be killed or you'll be burned to death or you'll be uh, have a, a bag tied to you or you'll be breathing through a tube or you have extra bills to pay. So boom, boom, it does that. It plays that out. Then the that feeds the basal ganglia and the reptilian part of your brain that's just an animal that just wants to live. It, 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 it responds to the what, the, what the what the neuroscience calls the four F's. Fight, flight, food, fuck. That's it. That's it. Or we can just say the prime directive. Survive, reproduce, improve the species. So you know if you get in that wreck, there's a chance you won't survive. It becomes a threat. You know if you walk up to that bear, you might not live. There's a threat. So that's what that part of the brain. So the real simple brain architecture, that's what's going on in our head. And what triggers those or excites or causes a faster or slower response is the brain chemistry itself. That neurochemistry also floods the whole body with other types of adrenal uh, functions. The adrenaline is, it, 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 coffee is a neurotoxin that fires up your kidneys. You pump a lot of adrenaline out. You can wake up. We, have, we produce melatonin. We produce all sorts of different chemicals that help our body either be excited, rest, or maintain its metabolic course, right? So when you get that hijacked by digital means, you're introducing phantoms into your body, phobias of all kinds, right, into your body. Uh, if you don't get enough likes on internet, now you're depressed, just like people, so, so it, go, it, it tricks your brain, uh, I'm not going to have friends, I'm going to be alone, I'm going to die. Nobody's going to know. Then the anxiety attacks come because you, you have this vision of a critical event happening and you have no one around. You're lonely. So that, you see what I'm saying? So it's hijacked all of this stuff. So for those of you who've grown up with it, doing exercises that are more visceral, work out, hike with a friend, 
do martial arts, box, put your feet in the water, be there, put the phone away, and experience things, the smell of things, the texture of things. Be okay with not feeling good. It's like, would your grandmother say, Vin, be content being with yourself, something like that. And uh, can you be content with yourself? Because you can't really be content with other people if you can't be quiet and content with yourself. Nobody can bring that to you. It is a brain function. It is an illusion. You see? So our anxieties and fears are not based on what's happening right now. We know that. It's based on what you think is going to happen or how you're reviewing the past. Are you okay right now? And if you can't answer that question, you must put the phone down. You gotta go on a walk. You gotta get some air. You gotta drink some water. You gotta sit there and be with that. And when you feel the rage and the nerve, don't reach for medication. Don't reach for a pill to deal with anxiety. You still have anxiety, you just can't react to it. And they're gonna cut off the pill supply pretty soon. That's right. You cannot mask it. So you want to not reach for maskers of any kind. Not your, your psychotropic drugs or your or psychoactive drugs, nor any other thing. Just be with you. You might feel headaches. You might feel body pain. You might feel nausea. You may feel a number of things, but you know what you're feeling is life. Because when you're dead, you don't feel any of that. And when you're actively dying, there's no, no feeling. That's how you know you're dying. Living has many, many sensations. Not all of them are pleasant or good. You're not everybody gets a prize for just being alive. So be okay with that. When you have these dynamic interactions with people, it doesn't have to be safety threat. There are variances between that. Sometimes the safest place to be is the place that feels the most uncomfortable like learning a new thing that you're not good at, being criticized by a teacher instructor to improve, or hearing your partner, uh, it, maybe you get in a heated exchange to share and flush out feelings and ideas with extreme passion. Why is there extreme passion? Why is there extreme anger at your partner and your friend? Why do you get mad at your friend? Because you love them so much. Because you love them so much. How can they hurt you so much? because you love them so much. If you don't want that, don't, don't love. Don't be close to anybody. Go back in the box, go back in your, your digital thing and live in there. That's the only place that you can be and it's always happy. Because remember how the chemicals, happiness is a chemical. Happiness is a chemical. So the only place you can get that chemical all the time is in that box. But in that box, there's no life. There's, and this life is short. That box will outlive this human body. Even though they tell you to get a new one every three months, the old one you got back in, 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 in 98 will be around. Somewhere it's going to be floating around and some hapless other creature from another time will pick it up and start it up and say, look at how these, look how what they wasted their lives. Imagine the post-mortem on humanity. Imagine an anthropologist from another world coming here when all this has fell apart and they look at the bloated corpses 
they look at the, the degenerated brain. They look at the slouch posture. They look at the extreme toxicity in the environment. The species that have died in our lifetimes, Dan. The things that have gone extinct in our lifetime, right? The forests that don't exist anymore in your and my lifetime. We're Sputnik babies. We're Sputnik babies. We're, we were here when the first satellite went in space. You guys are here when there's thousands of satellites in space and you have GPS and don't think twice about it. And in that short of time, we've damn near destroyed the earth. And everybody is looking in the box and not looking at the sky. So let's look at the sky. Shit, we got a few good years left. And we're going to ride it till the wheels fall off. We still have energy, hunger, passion. Right? We can still kick most people's ass we meet. Right, Stan? And, and, and we walk around this earth just like dinosaurs. These poor young men that, that, that have been raised in a world where there's no distinction between male and female. There's no up or down. But there is violence. There is cruelty. There is ignorance. Yeah, that you still only be designated to different gangs in poor neighborhoods, but the world has become a, a gang. <laughs> And, uh, different, gangs. different gangs, man, and they're killing everybody. All colors are killers, and um, owning different weaponries and has taken that to another level of killing kids and old people and worship houses, and uh, it's just gone awry. This is a murder planet, and uh, we have a lot of learning to do of ourselves, and and um, it's going to take a great deal of a lot of things. Um, we've given compassion and you get tired and running out of patience and prayer and wishing and hoping. There are other lessons to be learned um, in who we are in this realm. And those who won't learn it will not escape it. And we miss out on that just divine gift of life. You know, we came here um, through the journey through our mother and father, and, and we, we have this day. And I would ask all of our folks, let's really be careful about the politics of the day. Try to avoid it. Try not to get involved in it. It's all bad. It's all bad. There is a book I read um, that talks about some of the things I was involved in in the military. Um, um, it's called Surprise, Kill, Vanish. And it talks about, from the Freedom of Information Act, it just has um, minutes from different wars and conflicts. Just the notes. And you realize that all of this stuff was simply the adventures of mercenaries, amoral people. There wasn't a good guy. There, there were so no good guys that they couldn't even say who's the bad guy. It was all bad. It was various degrees of bad guys. So for those of us who are looking to get the best out of our lives, to live that hundred-year life with a healthy mind, healthy body, healthy, healthy, conserve your energy. Don't put it in politics. Don't put it in politics. 
be okay when you see bizarre things, when you see things that aren't right. We may not be able to comfortably speak about it without being swarmed on. So just in your heart, pull your loved ones near and say, hey, let's go the other way. I was having to tell my seven-year-old that in our family, we don't get involved in a lot of these political movements, pride movements of any kind. Because if I take pride in, in, in the work of, let's say, African freedom fighters, uh, that would offend many people. Many people. So just to live a life where we're agreeable and I get along, I don't, I don't have to dredge that up. I can wear my pride in my heart. I don't need to wear emblems, flags. I don't have to trigger people. I just want to be left alone. And now they've said that leaving people alone and not acknowledging what they're into is an offense. So this is, this is even more of a reason to be a better navigator through this zombie hellscape so that we can find paradise in our own lives. We have each other. Let's nurture those relations. Life is short, shorter than you think. Let's have as much joy, partnerships, unions of the mind, right, Stan? Let's help each other be better and let us be our resource. Just like one of those movies. We have to have safe havens for people who think for themselves. Huh, Vin? Yeah, it's a weird time. Uh, that point you made about just doing something visceral, I couldn't agree with more, whether it's working out, going for a walk, being around nature, being with people that you care about. I've said it before, that's always how I think about my kids, that they're life-giving, that even though they whine and they complain, I come back home and I'm just always recharged. It's like it doesn't matter what kind of shit I've gone through during the day, how many zombies are out there hitting me up for money, trying to get me to to vote Democrat or Republican, trying to get me to feign interest in some environmental issue. Just all these people who offer nothing in exchange, who just want something, who want to take something, or who are looking to pick a fight, or who are just wasting time, whatever it is. It's like you got a world full of those, those people, and you come back home, and it's like the machinery goes in reverse, and everything that I've lost during the day, I regain it just by being around my family, being around my my children. So I think that's that's vitally important. I mean, for me, Z, I'll just close with a final thought. It was interesting. I talked to my uncle yesterday. He just came across our podcast. He loves the podcast. He's 78. He says that it's really given him an affirmation of what he's been doing uh, because he's thinking about his legacy. He's thinking about the next 10 years, which could be the last 10 years that he has. And whether he's on the right track, he's not on the right track. And just listening to our discussions about how you just got to go out and live. You just have to enjoy. You got to feel alive. As I was talking to him, that theme kept on coming up. Whatever you do, just make sure that you feel alive, that you've got a pulse, that there's some vitality flowing through you. And that's a good starting point. And, and being in that visceral mode, I think that's where we get back to that that real sense of feeling alive. Yeah, man, we have, like Bitcoins, we have so many units of energy every morning we wake up. And every morning you go to bed, you take an assessment of those units of energy. You don't want to go to bed so depleted that you wake up the next morning having interest on the, on the energy units you depleted from the day before. You want to start every day with your fresh 
so many units of energy. Let's say we have 10 units of energy every morning. Everything you do requires energy. How do you want to spend your, how do you want to spend those units of energy? Right? Your UEs. How do you want to spend them? Do you want to spend them caught up in conflict, arguing, sorting out the madness of the world, trying to make sense out of nonsense? Saying up is down, left is right. Right? Um, we don't want to, I don't want to spend my energy on that. Right? I saw this horrible discussion I sent you of a professor uh, trying to explain to a person gender or something like that, and he was insulted simply by being questioned. I don't want to spend my energy with people like that or on topics like that. All politicians are psychopaths and sociopaths. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, how about I not put any energy into any of those people? Um, a lot of these social issues that seem bizarre and hard to explain, that's because they're bizarre and hard to explain. So let's not even put energy into that. People are telling you all this stuff. Look, the, the environment has been filled with all sorts of pesticides, estrogens, radioactive things, and genetically modified foods. People have been eating for 20 years. So if we really want to make sense of society, let's go back 20 years. What, what, what happened 20 years ago that's altered the human condition now? Well, they released all this genetically modified stuff and this new cyber food. They're finding a direct correlation between that and human health. Also, what was the birthday of Facebook, you said, Ben? Ben said it. Some, it was the birthday of Facebook. And when that started... Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the birthday of Facebook, but it was their IPO. It's when they raised $16 billion for going public. That was back in 2012. There you go. So 10 years ago, there was another push in the wrong direction. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out the outcome of that. The train jumped the track and was put on a track with another train coming the same direction. You could pretty much figure out where that accident is going to happen. And we're there now. So a lot of the stuff, you don't have to look deep into it. We messed up. We, we messed up, people. But for those of us, let's forgive ourselves, let's do the right thing, let's look after each other, let's take time with each other, let's honor each other, let's have gratitude for each other. Feel like you're the most undeserving person in the world that's been given the greatest gift in the world. And then walk forward with that. All right? Anything, Stan? Any thoughts? Peace. Deuces. <laughs> nurture yourselves. Nurture each other. There you go. And we'll live a long, happy life. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace. <laughs>